0: Welcome to Bakersfield First Assembly of God's podcast. Pastor James is fired up and ready to preach. I hope you enjoy this sermon. Jolene wanted me to make sure and thank all of you for your prayers and your support. For those who may not know, her sister passed away this week suddenly, totally unexpectedly, and so she, Jolene, just wanted to express her gratitude to all of you. Uh, Her mother also had just found out she has breast cancer, and so they're kind of really facing a lot right now, so we appreciate your continued prayers, and in the midst of sorrow we had Joy, a baby Juniper, was born in Africa. Yes. Jolene will be going to visit next month to see the little girl. I envy her. So it's great. want to just keep people in prayer. was able to visit Herb Smith yesterday. We need to keep him in prayer. Of course, Nancy Benz as well. And if you have a prayer need, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand and just keep it before the Lord as we pray today. Lord Jesus, you see those hands, Lord. There's a need behind every hand. There's a miracle waiting behind every hand that is raised. And so, Father, I just pray that you would continue to comfort Jolene's family, Lord, through the shock and the the just unbelief, God, of what's taken place. But thank you that Darlene is a believer in Jesus Christ and went home to her heavenly reward, Lord. Just pray for strength for her mom and healing, God. Pray for Herb. Give him strength, God. And bless Betty, God. Just encourage her. Lord, and for Nancy as well, Lord, we commit all these requests to you knowing that you hear us, God, when we pray. And Lord, you answer your way. And so, Lord, we don't tell you how to heal, we just ask that you would heal. And we give you the glory in Jesus' name, amen. So we're continuing on in our study of Stretch Out Your Hand to Heal, and we're still on the passage where John and Peter had healed a lame man at the temple. And you thought that would have been a good thing, but the leaders didn't think it was a good thing. So they arrested them. Just think about it. They're in church and got arrested right in church. So when they were arrested, they told them, don't ever speak about Jesus again. And they said, yeah, nice try. So they finally went back home and they called the prayer meeting. How many know it's a good thing if you've been in jail to call a prayer meeting? And this is what they prayed in Acts chapter 4, verse 29. Now, Lord, consider their threats. And enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So our theme, stretch out your hand to heal. But before we can stretch out our hand to heal, we need boldness. Before we can see signs and wonders, we must ask God for that zeal and that passion and that boldness that he can give us. And so we studied the first question, which, what is boldness? And if you want to know, you got to go back a couple of sermons. And then we started on the second question, how do we get this boldness? First of all, what is it and how do we acquire it? Our scripture passage gives us four ways that we can acquire boldness in our life. The first step in acquiring boldness is to be, number one, prayed up. It says in our text that I just read, after they prayed, God gave them boldness. A practice of prayer is a prerequisite for boldness. We can't expect to have boldness in our life if we don't have prayer in our life. I love this from Warren Wiersbe. He says this about prayer. Prayer is not an escape from responsibility. It is our response to God's ability True prayer energizes us for service and battle. Amen? Amen? Man, when you come out of your prayer closet, you're ready to take on the devil and all the forces of evil and darkness. When you are prayed up, you will become fired up. Amen. But before we can ask God to stretch out his hand to heal, we need to be prayed up. Another way we become bold is by being, number two, shaken up. There was an earthquake in Northern Cal. We didn't feel it, did we? It says in our text that after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. I'd love to see that on a Sunday morning. We'd be ducking under our pews and running outside, standing in the doorway. But when God moves in a mighty way, sometimes things get shaken up, shook up. I'm all shook up. I'm not doing it. The Elvis thing. Jolene told me to go ahead and do it last week, or a couple weeks ago. The presence of the Lord in Isaiah brought a shaking. The sacrificial death of Jesus on the cross resulted in a shaking. The resurrection power of Jesus created an earthquake. And the prayer of God's people brought a shaking in Acts 4. And then praising God by singing songs sent a shaking when Paul and Silas were in prison. They were in the worst of the worst. They were in the dungeon. They were their arms, their legs and feet were in stocks and instead of complaining they started belting out some praise tunes. And God shook the place. Now some shaking is literal, other shaking is symbolic. The voice of God brings a literal and metaphorical shaking. When God spoke to Moses and the Israelites on Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. In fact, Moses said, I am trembling with fear. It was so powerful, God's presence. And in these days, God said he'll shake the earth again. And anything that can be shaken will be shaken. And in these days in which we're living, God has started a shaking. Everything this world trusts in besides God will be shaken. We better make sure what we trust in. All human kingdoms and all nations will be shaken. However, the kingdom of God can never be shaken. No matter what country you live in, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, your loyalty and allegiance is first to the kingdom of God. And if you live in that kingdom and you walk in that kingdom, no matter what shaking goes on in the rest of the world, you won't be shaken. Don't fret when earthly governments fall and countries collapse. Don't be afraid about the war between Russia and Ukraine. It's a serious thing. We should pray. But how many know it didn't catch God by surprise? Instead of fear, what are we to do? We are to be thankful and worship God with reverence and awe. Our God is a consuming fire. This will be our testimony to the world. While everything and everyone on earth is being shaken to their core of the beings, we are not shaken. Believers in Jesus Christ will be the people that don't have fear, that don't panic, but instead have that calm assurance and the boldness to say why. Why aren't you shaken? Why aren't you afraid? Let that boldness out right there. Be ready. There will be another shaking, and that's when Jesus comes again. Look at Luke 21, verse 25. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. Men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world. For the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Oh, wow. And when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. I love how the King James says it. Your redemption draweth nigh. I mean, I I should talk like a pirate when I say it. It just sounds so cool. Arg. Your redemption draweth nigh. That wasn't bad for, I didn't even practice that. (laughs) When all else is being shaken, we will remain bold and stretch out our hands to heal. I mean, you know, when people's worlds are shaken, they're going to come to the church. And we need to be ready to lay some hands on them so they can be healed. They can be healed of their fear, their sin, the darkness of their life, the shame. We need to be ready to stretch out those hands to heal because the shaking is going to send people scurrying to church. Remember 9 11? Man, people were in church 24 hours a day. Didn't last long. But I'm telling you that they, it, it happens. Every time the world is shaken, people turn to God. How I many you know God wants you to turn to Him first? Because if you turn to Him first, you won't be shaken. And I want to challenge us as believers we need to have a faith in God that is unshakable. We need to stand up and lift our heads up because our redemption draweth nigh. And so I know that there are times we battle with fear and worry and we need to get in God's word. Just the other day, I I put Hebrews 11 on repeat. You know, you can buy Bible apps that read to you. You don't even have to read the Bible. Somebody else will read it for you. But I love just sitting there and hearing all about faith over and over again. The faith of Abraham, the faith of Enoch, and just, I just let the scriptures pour over in my heart because the more faith you have, the less fear you have. Fear drives out, faith drives out fear. And so I encourage you, if you're fearful, get in the word. Because there's 366 verses that say, do not be afraid. God knew we needed one per day and leap year. So we're covered. So that was all Review. Okay, because it's been a few weeks and I know you've forgotten. And so have I. So now we're going to finish up. Before we can become bold, we must be filled up. We got to be prayed up and we got to be shaken up and we got to be filled up. It says after they prayed, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, how can this be? Weren't these same people filled with the Spirit on the day of Pentecost? Yes. Look at this, Acts 2.4. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. There they are. It's the first infilling of the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Spirit. Every one of them, disciples, everybody else that was there. And yet, two different times after that, Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. First, he was filled on that day of Pentecost with the other disciples. And boy, did he have boldness, didn't he? He was no longer afraid of the little servant girl who said, weren't you with Jesus? Now the boldness had come over him because I'm telling you what, the power of the Holy Spirit is to bring boldness so we can testify about what Jesus has done for us. And so he was filled on the day of Pentecost and then he was filled again when he spoke before the religious leaders that we just talked about when they told him to shut up. Look at Acts 4.8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people. So we see Peter was filled more than once. And at least two different times, Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit. First, he was, he was uh, filled with the Spirit at his conversion. Look at Acts nine seventeen. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. This is when he had met Jesus on the road to Damascus and was blinded. And he, was, he had fasted and prayed for three days. And God sent Ananias, and Anasi- An- Ananias was like, some of us, are you sure, God? This guy Saul kills Christians. God says, I know, but go over to his house anyway. And Ananias struggled with that. Sometimes God's going to call you to do things that don't make sense, make you a little nervous. But that's boldness. And so Ananias placed his hands on Saul, and he said, Brother Saul... The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So Paul was filled with the Spirit at his conversion, but he was also filled with, his, with the Spirit in Acts 13.9. Now, there was this guy named Elymas. He was a, a sorcerer. He was into witchcraft. And he was trying to speak curses onto Saul, who became Paul. And so he was blinded because of his curses. But look at Acts 13 9. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at elements and said, You are a child of the devil. Boy, that's not very friendly. But it was true. And so there are times when we are filled with the Spirit when we need power at that moment. And he was dealing with the powers of darkness. And so in that conflict, he was filled again with the Holy Spirit. So, I mean, Peter and Paul, they're pretty heavyweights in the Bible. They're pretty big dudes, you know. And if they need to be filled more than once, maybe we do too. So why would we need to be filled with the Spirit more than once? I am so glad you asked. (laughs) F.B. Meyer, who is a famous theologian, F.B. Meyer said this. It is our privilege to claim repeated infillings to make good our leakage and evaporation. That strikes me as just hilarious. I didn't say it, F.B. Meyer said. It. There was leakage, and so we need, we leak! When I lived in Weed Heights, Nevada, oh yeah, you can tell from the name, it's a special place. We got a few places in Bakersfield named Weed something, Right? Weed patch, weed patch. This was weed heights. Like the heights are going to make it sound better. Weed heights. (laughs) But we went for a ride on a Sunday afternoon in the desert to look for arrowheads. Yeah, a 10-year-old boy, this is a blast. I mean, it's just the funnest thing you could ever do. Go in the desert and look for arrowheads. But that was a thing with my family. We would go look for arrowheads. And so on this particular Sunday, we're in our station wagon, bless God, And we're on a dirt road, and we bottomed out that station wagon on that dirt road and tore a small hole in our gas tank. We're out in the desert looking for arrowheads, and now we've got fuel leaking all over the bottom. We're leaking fuel, and we'd soon run out of gas and stranded in the wilderness and die. But at least we had our arrowheads just in case. So my mom had the idea of chewing a big wad of gum. Now, this is, this is interesting. My mom was frugal as you can get. So when I asked for a piece of gum, she'd take out a chiclet. Do you remember the chiclets? Are they still around? She would take out a chiclet and then bite it in half and hand me a half of the chiclet give me a break. Can I just at least have a whole chiclet? (laughs) Well, in this case, she had to be less than frugal because she had to chew all the chiclets. Got a big wad of gum and then they crawled under, my dad crawled under the station wagon and stuck it in the hole in the gas tank. And guess what? It worked. We made it home in time for Sunday night service. We're not going to miss church. No way. Doesn't matter that we almost died. Found arrowheads. We're going to church. The wad of, God of gum held until we could repair the tank and fill it back up. How I many you know sometimes we bottom out in life and spring a leak? And we need to be repaired and refilled. Life will hurt us sometimes. And we need to be, re- we need to be healed. And then we need to be refilled. When you've been healed, it's time to be refilled. Boy, that rhymes. I just If you've been healed, it's time to be refilled. That sound good? Yeah. yeah. Not really. But anyway, just going through life will drain us. And the Bible warns constantly about getting dry in our soul and in our hearts. Unless we fill up, we will dry up. Look at Isaiah 44:3. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. Anybody say amen and claim that for your life and your family and your descendants. We need streams of the Holy Spirit on our dry and thirsty hearts. Our descendants need an outpouring of the Spirit. Every generation needs a revival. Every generation needs a filling of the Holy Spirit because in the last days, your sons and daughters are going to prophesy, oh, bring me there. I want to see that. Let's not write off this generation. I know there's crazy things going on in the world right now. Don't you understand that young people and children are under attack from the evil one? All this craziness that is going on, maiming our children. How many of you know that's from the pit of hell? And so we need to, we need to understand, let's not give up on this generation, the youth and the children of this generation, because they're going to prophesy they're, and, and they're going to see visions and they're going to be filled with the Spirit. That's why we have men's rallies and women's rallies. We don't do it just for fun. We need to be filled back up. I mean, of you know the world's beat you up throughout the week, throughout the month, and you need a refilling of the holy spirit because we 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 grow dry we were here for four stinking hours men won't stand still for 4 hours for nothing unless it's sports related and even then we need a halftime and a quarter break and a few other things but i'm telling you what when god's there there's no sense of time It wasn't boring. It wasn't slow. There were waves and moves of the Spirit. And over 100 men, I believe, got refilled. They got filled back up because they're going to go out and they're going to have boldness. And they're going to stretch out their hands to heal. It's why we need women's rallies. It's why we have these events. It's It's why you come on Sunday morning is to get a refilling. And I will tell you that You get that refilling by opening up your arms and letting God rain on your dry and thirsty soul. And so each of these events, nights of worship, retreats and camps, Bible studies. Why do we have them? Home groups, life groups. Why? Because we need to be refilled. We've bottomed out. And we need to be rehealed and refilled. I'm telling you, it was said Friday night. More than once. There's nothing like the sound of men worshiping God. Yes. Oh, there's nothing like it. I'm sorry, ladies, not offending you a bit. You're usually far more spiritual than we are, so give us a little credit <laughs> when, we, when we need it, you know. I'll never forget during the, the movement. What was the men's movement? Promise. Promise Keepers, thank you. I was in the L.A. Stadium With 60,000 men singing Amazing Grace. And I thought, I'm going to die right now and go to heaven. There's nothing better than this. Just to hear men worshiping God. I'm telling you what, it'll revolutionize a church when men rise up and worship their God. Unashamedly and with passion and zeal and fire. The ladies are waiting for us. But they're not going to wait too long. They're going to go ahead. But its I believe it's the beginning. And I want to stress this so much as your pastor. You've trusted me for 10 years to hear from God. And I know this is a difficult change. And it's, it's, it's killing us too. But I believe it with all my heart that God's in this. And he has a plan. And he's going to raise up those. And, and, and our responsibility is to be in prayer. Because the, the, the workload of everybody's increased. The pastoral staff, the church staff, the office staff, the board of directors, the search committee. we got to pray and intercede for them and lift up their hands and, and help them. Stand with them. Let's stand together. We will not allow the enemy in any way to come in here and bring division. There's no drama here. There's nothing going on. It's the Lord's transition. And I believe it's going to be good. And I believe something's coming. Something's coming and and we need to be ready. We need to be prayed up and fired up and everything I've said. So when we run dry, we need to get to a place where God pours out his spirit like water and rain. And so finally, after they were prayed up, after they were all shook up and filled up, now they were ready, number four, to speak up. I think this order is important. Sometimes we speak up first and we say the wrong thing at the wrong time. I really believe we need to measure our words. And we need to be prayed up before we speak up. We need to be shook up before we speak up. but we need to be filled up with the Holy Spirit before we speak up. And we can all do that in one day in one sitting. God, fill me up. I'm prayed up. Because, Lord, I'm going to work and I want to speak up. We need to be led of the Spirit because, I mean, no, we're, just, we're responsible for planting seeds. But God makes them grow. The disciples spoke the word of God boldly after they had been prayed up, shook up, and what else? Filled up, thank you. Peter and John were specifically told by the religious leaders not to speak. Now, this is interesting. They, they didn't tell him to stop doing miracles. They didn't tell him to stop coming to the temple. They t- said, stop talking about Jesus. And that mirrors our world. Don't talk about Jesus. And I'm here to tell you, it's all we can talk about. Look at this, Acts 4.15. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men? They asked, everybody living in Jerusalem knows they have done an outstanding miracle, and we can't deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer to anyone in his name. And they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. However, Peter and John, and this is important, respectfully refused. They still showed respect for the leadership, but they said this in Acts 4.19, But Peter and John replied, Judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we've seen and heard. And I'm telling you what, that's all the testimony is, is what you've seen and heard about Jesus. The change he's brought in your life, in your family, in your marriage, in your children, in your grandchildren. That's all you got to do is just speak up to what you've seen and heard. It's not that hard. Just tell them what God did for you. Remember, the meaning of boldness is the absence of fear which accompanies the freedom of speech. Prayer overcomes our fears to speak. And I believe Satan is seeking to silence Christians in the public square. I believe it's happening. So we, are, we need to get prayed up. We need to get filled up and shaken up because there's coming a time we're going to have to speak up. Because if the church does not speak up, who will? If the church does not speak for the unborn, who will? We're the hope of the world. The church is the the pillar of truth. And so again, it does matter how, how we say it too. The Bible wants us to be salt and light. But it's important that we're ready to say, God, fill my mouth, fill my heart, so I can speak for you. Would you bow your heads with me today? I just want to, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if any of these areas challenged you, that you would just respond to it by raising your hand. If you felt the Lord challenged you that you need to be prayed up, you need to take more time, more consistency, but that's where the Holy Spirit is convicting you today. Because an altar call is not just for the, for the unsaved, it's for the saved. I believe the preaching of the word should call for a response from everyone. And so if that speaks to your heart, just slip up your hand to the Lord and write back down. Maybe you feel like your life's been shaken and you feel rattled. And you know that you're supposed to stand strong on the rock, but you're struggling. It's okay. It's okay to come to the Lord. If you're shook up, if you're shaken, if your confidence is shaken or your fear is rising, it's, we need to bring it to the Lord. If that's you, that you're, you're struggling with the shaking, just slip up your hand and down. The Lord sees. Filled up. You want a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit in your life. You admit that you've grown dry in a weary land. Your heart is dry. And you want God to reign, fill you once again with his spirit. Would you just slip up your hand and say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. And finally, God's speaking to you about speaking up, being more bold. Would you just slip up your hand if that's you. You know God's telling you to speak up more. Right back down. And now I want to speak to you that haven't yet given your life to Jesus. Today's the day. You're not here by chance. You're here by design. And so if you're ready to give your heart and life, your future to Jesus, I'm here to tell you it's a great exchange. Because you give up your sin, your guilt, your shame, and you get his glory, his peace, and his joy. What an exchange. But to do that, you have to believe. And you have to repent. You have to believe Jesus is the Son of God and you have to turn away from your sin. But I've got news for you. God can forgive any sin. And your conscience can be cleansed and free. And so if you're ready to give your heart and life to Jesus or maybe you've walked with the Lord but have walked away recently but you're ready to come back home, would you just slip up your hand, anyone in this place? You want to give your life to Christ? Yes. Any other hands? Yes. Hands in the balcony, yes, all over. Praise the Lord. You can put your hands back down. Thank you for your boldness. That took boldness. That took faith. That took courage. And God sees it. That you are willing to raise your hand. And so now I invite you to pray this prayer with me. And you're going to hear other people pray. They're your brothers and sisters now. You pray this prayer, you're in the family of God. You can pick your friends, but you're stuck with your relatives. But I'm telling you, that's a good thing. It's good to be part of the family of God. So if you raised your hand, I want you to pray after me. in church, would you join with them? Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I believe, I believe. You, are you are the Son of God. You died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead. Jesus, I receive you into my life. I repent of my sin and I turn to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, you got to tell somebody. Tell somebody that's close to you, or you can come to our visitor's area, or our elders are here for prayer. Just tell somebody today, hey, I became a Christian today. you gotta, you got to confess it with your mouth. It's one thing to pray it in your heart, but now you got to tell somebody. Now you've got the Holy Spirit. You've got the boldness to tell somebody. Just tell somebody today. Would you stand with me, church? And as I mentioned, the visitors will join us in the Blue Chapel over here after service. We have a gift for you. The elders and board members will be coming forward to pray for you. The altars are always open. If you didn't get your gift, moms, please get it on the way out. And also there's areas to take pictures with mom today. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Bless you. You've been listening to Bakersfield First Assembly's weekly broadcast. BFA is located on the corner of California and Marilla Way. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. in person and online on Facebook and YouTube. For more information, check out our website, bakersfieldfirst.com, or download our app from the App Store.